Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes, your weekly host, except for when I'm not here, along with our other weekly host, Pat Abendroth. I'm always here. You're always Always. here, even on those Lone Ranger episodes. It's very lonely when I do those. Mike, before we go any further, and listen carefully, true or false? This is in front of the entire Pactumverse, on the spot. Mike, true or false, Mary is the mother of God. True. Oh, what a good lead in. Today we are going to be asking questions, true or false questions, just like that. Yeah. And talking about why they are either true or false. Right. So put your thinking, put your pactum thinking caps on. Yes. Because today we are going to be doing a true or false quiz. Yes. And we have 10 questions that we're covering today, 10 next time, and they are engaging. They are provocative. And we have to be honest, we're stealing them. We are stealing them. Yeah. They're not on borrowed time, but they are borrowed. They are borrowed. (laughs) We are borrowing from the White Horse Inn. They recently published a basic doctrine quiz. Yeah. And we love us some quizzes. Yes, quizzes are a lot of fun. And we've been doing this. This is, what, our 62nd episode of the Pactum. Yep. And so our Pactum listeners are just filled with vast arrays of theological knowledge now that they've heard <laughs> 62 episodes of us bantering around here. It, it's true. It's time, to, it's time to quiz and see how they're doing and see how we're doing. I actually think that the Pactum exists for lots of different reasons, but one reason it exists is so you can more accurately answer basic Bible doctrine quizzes that the White Horse input puts out. Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> the reason for our existence. Oh, well, lots of our listeners, lots of you are familiar with the White Horse Inn, uh, but if you're not, we will put the, a link to the quiz in our show notes. Right. We'd encourage you to take the quiz, but we're big fans of the White Horse Inn, thankful for what has happened there over these last, oh, 30 plus years. Michael Horton and his crew of friends, uh, I've learned so much. I'm so grateful. We recommend a lot of his books uh, on the on the Pactum. Yeah. So we are borrowing from them, but we think we'll put our own little Pactum style as we do the cross pollinization. Cross pollinization. Um, yep. But before we actually dive in, I have another confession to make. We're not Uh-oh. only borrowing from the White Horse Inn. Uh, rumor has it through our we our private investigator, yes. our, our Pactum investigator, our PI, yeah, our Pactum investigator, our PI. Rumor has it there might be another podcast, and they're also engaging the White Horse in Basic Doctrine Quiz. Yes, so we've heard from our PI. So we have heard, and they might be uh, headquartered out of Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh-huh. So, but we're not going to say anything else on this episode about it, yeah. whether or not it has to do with Mike and Steve and someone who might be related to me, but I think they might be doing their own version, but they they might be compromising. Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a much compromised version. Oh, that's so actually, this might be a sociological experiment. What happens when two Abendroths separated by 1,500 or so miles, two different podcasts, uh, very like-minded brothers and their co-hosts uh, engage the same quiz? Will we say things exactly the same? Mm. Uh, will we say things differently? Yeah. Um, hey, this could be a good sociological exercise. Oh yeah. So if, if there's someone out there that needs an idea for a dissertation. Uh, oh, this is I mean, perfect. This is high quality. We're stuff. literally doing an experiment for you. We're providing this free of charge 
to you. Indeed. Your... <laughs> Asking questions like, is Mary the mother of God? Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know how to answer these. Yeah. Now, in, if you're nervous and you're thinking, oh no, the Pactum forgot they were doing a series, Harry and the Heretics. That's right, Harry and the Heretics. Learning from the Heretics. <laughs> we have not forgotten. We're still going to continue that series. Right. But for today and the next episode, we're just taking a short break. And since these quiz questions relate to some of those yes, heresies, they do, yeah. it's just good. I don't know. Yeah. I already said cross pollinization. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I think I think it'll be great. It'll be helpful, encouraging. Should be some fun. Uh, question: Did you get a hundred percent when you took the quiz? Of course you did. I think pride is a sin. Of course you but did. But the only reason I got 100% is because I've learned so much yes. from listening to the White Horse Inn. How there, about that? That's it, yes. You know, I was sweating bullets. When you sent me this quiz, I thought, oh, no. Terms of employment. If I get any of these wrong, I can't tell him I did. You got 100%. I did, though. Whew, Nicely played. I, I was so excited when I saw that I got it right. When I was done, I was like, oh, please. Good. So... Pactum listeners today, if you have already taken it, got 100%, awesome. Keep listening. I think you'll be edified. At least you'll be uh, entertained. Yeah. <laughs> but if you didn't get 100%, you are listening to the right podcast because we exist to help you take quizzes more effectively. Yes. Yep. N- though true confession, uh, one time on a quiz when I was in seminary, I got 0. 0.5. like correct? Correct. <laughs> Did you spell your first name right? <laughs> oh my goodness! Now, to be to be honest, full disclosure, I think it was only five point a five point quiz, but I think I got point. I think I got point five. Point five. <laughs> so it was a really hard class, and I, I think I eventually got a B in the class. So at least well, at least go. there was that. That's so okay. all right, I probably should shake the Pactum shake snow globe. The Pactum snow made globe made in China. Yes, Evangelikitch snow globe. It is snowing in the snow it's globe, so we are ready to go. Posh studio. And we are getting ready to start the basic doctrine quiz from the White Horse Inn. Okay, let's start. We've got 10 questions today, 10 questions next week. Actually, they have nine next week, but we have a special special. epignosis Gnostic question (laughs) that we think the White Horse Inn should. It's very much in their lane. It's very much their style. And so we're asking it, hoping they'll put it in their quiz for next time. So So make sure Shane Shane at the White Horse Inn, make sure you get that. Um, (laughs) 10 today nine plus a bonus bonus and rumor has it they're going to have the have the bonus one in massachusetts <laughs> on that other podcast that oh, comes man. out at the same day this one comes out it does weird how that works okay question number one true or false jesus was god but only appeared to be human oh, true or false that that's okay do 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 it's a little too high pitch can we change that <laughs> we edit can. that i don't know well we're waiting the answer to that one is clearly it's false it is false yes we just talked about this when we talked about doceticism yes. in episode 51 yep. or i did you i'm did. not sure where i won't go there <laughs> so doceticism right he we need jesus to be a real human not just appear to be a human right because well i don't know I'm a human. Right, yeah. As, and, as Jesus to be our representative, to represent us, absolutely. we need a human. Yep, Second John Second John 7. It's always hard when there's no chapter. That's, it's stressful, isn't it? Especially when you have Bible programs, because yeah. you have to put the chapter in. But it says in Second John 
chapter one, as if there's a second, right. but chapter one, verse seven, for many deceivers have gone into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, it says, mm-hmm. such a one is a deceiver. No, it doesn't say that. It says the deceiver and the antichrist. So as we mentioned in episode 61, that's a royal we. Yes, it, yes. Right? Yep. As we, Pat, mentioned in episode 61, a definite weakness in today's evangelicalism, even in Bible-believing circles, would be a low view or a lack of category for the humanity of Christ. Right, yeah. And so let's make sure we know that's false. He really, truly became one of us, yeah. incarnate in the flesh. He actually was yep. a and, human. Yep, and we'll go to Hebrews chapter. He still is. He still is, yeah. yes. I wanted to correct that before you got there. <laughs> and we'll, we'll ref, we will reference Hebrews chapter 2 on one of our yes. other questions. Yep. Let's move on to number 2. I'm going yeah. to ask you okay. this okay. one, Mike, okay. but I'm asking everyone who exists in the Pactumverse. Mm-hmm. Okay, number 2. Jesus was the first of all God's created beings, mm. true or False. Mm, that one is false. That one gets a big, big false. false for sure. Yes. So why would we want to make sure that we say that Jesus is not God's first created being, especially in light of the fact that at least two times in the New Testament, he's referred to probably more than that. But in Colossians in chapter one, firstborn. So he's the firstborn sure, yeah. of all creation, firstborn from the dead. Chapter one, verse 15, chapter one, verse 18. So I pretending mm-hmm. to be a Jehovah's witness, pretending to be an Aryan, um, today's Jehovah's Witnesses or today's Aryans, uh, I say, well, he's firstborn. That means he's the first of all God's created beings. What's what's the problem with my Jehovah's Witness Aryan type of thinking, Mike? Well, firstborn, when it's using that language and terminology, is not talking about Christ actually being born or created. Uh, it's talking about an order or a rank or uh, the one who is the firstborn or the first fruits, uh, maybe like thinking of in terms of an heir, okay. um, someone who's going to be of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, primo, primo, the primo, <laughs> the the one who is of first place. Yeah, the the one who inherits, yes. the one who is the most significant. Right. Sorry to yeah. offend. Um, Preeminence, I think of in Colossians one. Yes, right? yes. So firstborn, as in the heir, as yes. in the one who's of most importance. That's how it's using it in the Bible, because right. the Bible elsewhere would make it clear that Jesus. We have the eternal, eternal son. son. Yeah, he's not created. So John chapter one verses one to three. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So he is the eternal one. He's not created. Um, Yes, it's true. Jesus was born in Bethlehem as the incarnate one, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. Um, Right. Jesus was not a created being in the sense that the question's asking it. Yes. Arianism is a heresy. Uh, which would deny the true divinity of Christ or the eternality or the consubstantial nature uh, Mm. that he has with the Father and the Holy Spirit. That is according to the White Horse Inn's notes. Yeah. Ready to move on? We're ready for number three on our true or false quiz. Oh, I have a sense that this one's going to be Gnostic-ish. Yes. Oh, wait a second. I gave it away. Then it would be false if it's Gnostic-ish. You gave it away. That's all right. Number three. Number three. Jesus had a human body and divine soul. That would be a big what? False. Pactum help? 
I need to phone a friend. I need to, <laughs> I need to phone a phone a pactum friend. It would be false. It's false. Yes. So what we don't want to say, human body and divine soul, because Jesus is fully human. Let's get that kind of Gnostic like tendency out of our minds that would say that somehow uh, flesh is bad, spirit right. is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Jesus has to be just like us apart from sin. Right. So he's truly human. He has a human body and a human soul. Right. Right. In addition, then in addition to human body, human soul, in addition to his divine nature. Right. Yep. So the notes, their show notes or their answer notes from the White Horse Inn helpfully say Jesus Christ was fully in his psychosomatic <laughs> unity. I just like to say that yeah. in his psychosomatic unity, a human being exactly as, or if you'd prefer exactly as we, <laughs> as we are. Yeah. And this is where Hebrews two, we mentioned earlier on the first question. Uh, this is where Hebrews two would come into play here, talking about Christ and his humanity. Uh, Hebrews two, verse 14 through 18. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews two. So he had to be make us like us in every way. I think Hebrews 2 is one of my go-to texts when it comes to the full humanity of Christ. Yes, yeah. And it really helps even to explain why he had to be yes. a human being. Yeah, yep, it really does, to represent us so that he might be a merciful, faithful high priest yep. for us. Good. Number four, here we go. Number four, true or false, in the Old Testament, God was known as the Father, in the New Testament, as the Son, and after Pentecost, as the Holy Spirit. True or false? Inquiring minds want to know. What say you, Mike? Well, if I had a really good Irish accent, I would say... That's mortalism, Patrick! What? Mortalism, an ancient heresy confessed by teachers such as Noetus and Sibelius, which espouses that God is not three distinct persons, but that he merely reveals himself in three different forms. This heresy was clearly... Okay. <laughs> False I, it is. I had it all queued up. That's modalism, Patrick. Yes. Uh-huh. So, by the way, if you've never seen that video, yeah, I, I would imagine most of you I listening probably have. The majority have probably seen that, but, yep, it's, but it's well worth it. It's from Lutheran satire, St. Patrick's Bad Analogies. It's... It's a hoot. Yeah, it's, worth it's really it. good. Yep, check yep. it out. But that's modalism, Patrick. Yes. They do a lot better job of that than I do. They, I, yeah, I can't even try. I won't even try. Yep, so we don't. what we don't have is the Father, Old Testament, Son, New Testament. Then by the time we get to Acts chapter 2, we have the Holy Spirit. That would be modalism. Right. We, it would be a denial of classic Trinitarianism. So big F false on that one right. uh, because the Bible teaches. Just think, for example, of Jesus at his baptism. We right. see all yeah. three members of the triune God present, yes. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We could look at other texts as well, but in, not, to, not to mention the fact that God doesn't change. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Malachi chapter 3, Malachi, that, Malachi, that, Italian, that Italian theologian, <laughs> as I always like to say. <laughs> 
Malachi 3, 6, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Hebrews 13, John chapter 17. So what we don't want to be would be modalists. We don't want to be oneness Pentecostals like T.D. Jakes, the, yes. her, the heretic, um, because they're denying basic realities about God. Number yeah. five. Number five. The one we've been waiting for since the beginning. Yes. Yep. So number five is the one you asked me at the beginning there for a little tease of our true and false. Number five, Mary is the mother of God. True or false? That's that's the kind that gives people pause. It's the one that made me sweat. Yeah, I think especially if you're not very well uh, hist- uh, informed as far as historical theology and right. how f- people have articulated things and why they've articulated things certain ways. I think our tendency is to say, well, that, that can't be true. Right. Uh, he's not, she's not the mother of God. Doesn't it sound rather Catholic or like she's some kind of mediator? No, sure. no, yeah. and no. Uh, it's actually true. It is true, uh, yes. Huh? So they're countering, in, in saying that, lots of theologians, Protestant theologians even, uh, but certainly Christian theologians have said it that way so as to ensure or emphasize his real humanity. Right, yeah. So here's the note from Whitehorse Inn, the, the Nestor. Historian heresy argued that human and divine natures can be pulled apart, hmm. but Christians hold to the hypostatic union. Ooh, that's a good word. That's a yes. good label. Hypostatic union, the union of Christ's humanity and divinity in the single person of Christ. Hmm. So I also found it very helpful that they, they said this, and I probably should have started here. This is a statement that Mary is the mother of God. Think God, man, incarnate one. This is a statement about Christ, Christ more than it is about Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of calms our fears. Yeah, we're making a we're making a point about Christ and who He is, not about Mary and who she is. And yep, that's good. So Luke chapter one verses thirty to thirty five. I think we're in good historical company when we say this, but it's one of those that you might have gotten wrong. Keep listening to the Pactum. Even go back to our Help from the Heretic series, because we actually mentioned something similar to this. Hmm. Okay, we're moving on to number six. No, wait, Mike, it's my turn. I'm I'm going to ask you. So we are an equal opportunity podcast. (laughs) Uh, We we do not discriminate (laughs) when it comes to quizzes. Uh, You know, in my early Christian life, I just started teaching the Bible in different kinds of settings. And uh, I like to give quizzes because it kind of helped get the conversation going, got people engaged. Mm, mm-hmm. I like the true-false thing, and I like giving kind of the trick ones. Yes. I don't know if I learned it um, from—I don't know where I learned it from. Probably from the guy who's hosting that other podcast. Probably, yeah. Uh-huh, my elder, wiser brother. <laughs> Number six, true or false, God chooses people because he knows in advance they will choose him. Do you know that within the past oh I'd say 15 years I would have said true. Absolutely. You and most other evangelicals. However, it is absolutely false. Oh, and if you need a little bit more help on that, you could go to episode 19 of yeah. the Pactum yes. questioning Calvinism. Questioning Calvinism. Yeah. Because it would relate God does not choose people because he knows in advance they will choose him. The Bible teaches in Ephesians chapter 1 that he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Yes. So, And that is before the foundation of the Pactum verse even. Yeah. We kid. (laughs) It's actually a serious matter. So what we don't want to be is Arminian. Right. And the Arminian perspective would be that, oh yeah, he elects based upon our choice of him. God foresees our actions, what right. we would do, and based upon that, he does something, and it's actually reversed. Right. Yeah. So 
we love Arminians. Uh, we don't love Arminianism. Correct. And so we want to correct that. And it, I think it's helpful when you read when you read Romans chapter eight verses twenty eight to thirty, and it does talk about foreknown. Notice uh, if you're being a careful Bible student, it's he doesn't foreknow actions or right. things or behaviors like choosing. He foreknows people. Mm-hmm. So that's why thoughtful theologians have said, well, that the idea is foreknowing as in foreloving, placing yes. his affection upon, right. because he's not foreseeing there, right. he's foreknowing. And I think that's super helpful. I'll never forget the first time I ever heard you say that, actually. Oh, yeah, for and the win. And I thought, win. man, that is super helpful to think it's not God looking down the corridor of time to see what you choose, but it's God setting his affections on you. Yep, it's, good. It's awesome. Well, I don't know where, where I learned it, probably R.C. Sproul. Probably so. R.C. Sproul. I think it's funny when people talk, call him R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul. I've never heard somebody say that. There, there is a New Testament scholar. I, I don't know if he's alive or not, but his name was John Sproul. Oh, really? And he went by that. Sproul. Yeah. And so people who... Gotcha. Yeah. I, I knew pastors who really did not like R.C. Sproul, kind of sacrilege in our day, um, but they were not fans at all Sure. Uh, because they were Arminian. Okay. And so they would call him R.C. Sproul. Brow. Yeah, you guys must be really close. (laughs) That's funny. Well, we're glad you're here listening to the Pactum on episode 62, where we're walking through the basic doctrine quiz by a white horse in. We've made it to question seven out of 10 on today's episode. And we've kind of transitioned into like soteriology, doctrine of salvation. So those first questions were really talking about God and Christ, and now these questions are going to be more about salvation. Soteriology matters. Yep, let's do it. Number number seven, seven. the only way we can be saved is by the perfect conformity to the law of God. True or false? That sounds like a, that is right down or up the pactum alley. Yes, I love that question. exactly the kind of things we like to talk about, and it is true. The only way we can be saved is by the perfect conformity to the law of God. So that is why we say salvation most certainly, most definitely, absolutely is by works. Yes. Um, It is by obedience to the law. There's no other way to be justified because to be justified means to be declared righteous. It means to be declared an upholder of God's law. So it absolutely is true. The only kicker is... It can't be ours because we're in Adam. Right. So it's by Christ's work. As the quiz says, the question is not if we are saved by works. The question is by whose works right. for the definite win. Yes. I think I, that's one a lot of people, you ask, are you saved by works? People are like, oh, no, 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 no. Yep. Yes, yes, we are. And it's a good knee-jerk reaction because people are thinking of, right. of Ephesians 2. Right. But it's not our works. It's the works of Christ. I've had people tell me, even Pactum listeners who are loyal, committed members of the Pactum verse, I was going to say card carrying, card but we haven't issued cards Ooh. yet. We might do signet Membership. ring, signet ring sometime. Signet ring. <laughs> uh-huh. they, were, they were talking about that this, oh, an episode or two ago on uh, Two Age Sojourner. Oh, they, really? They have rings for special donors. Oh. Actually, right now it's just the host. Okay. So, okay, don't, we don't want to misrepresent you guys. We like Two Age Sojourner. Yeah, we do. But uh, they do have signet rings now, and it kind of mm. gave me uh, Pactum Envy or, or Sojourner Envy, which yeah. is kind of weird. <laughs> So, where in the world card were we? Member Ca- of- yeah, uh, you know what? A card carrying member of the Pactum verse uh, once told me he, he and his family about left the church over hearing us say, 
uh, salvation or mise. Salvation is most definitely by works. But then he stopped to think about it. Oh, yes. Jesus didn't show up and do nothing. Yes. Uh, he showed up and obeyed. He yes. showed up and suffered on our behalf. He showed up and made atonement on our behalf. He was raised on our behalf. He ascended on our behalf. Salvation is by the work or we could say works of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, either looking at that holistically or taking it apart. Right. Yeah. So let's make sure we don't lessen the severity of God's requirements. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's make sure we think about Romans chapter 10. The problem with the Jews is they lessen the requirements uh, in the first century. So they thought they could do it themselves instead of seeing the perfect requirement of God in his law and then being desperate and looking outside of themselves to Christ. Uh, that's kind of what Romans 10 is all about. Right. Yep. All right, let's do number eight. Is it my turn to ask it's you your the question? Turn. It's your turn. Here we go. Number eight, we are saved by grace after all that we can do. <laughs> it's false. It's funny. The first part, you're like, hey, yeah, we are saved by grace after all that we can do. Oh, yep. false. No. Yeah, that statement actually comes, the White Horse Inn says, that actually comes from the Book of Mormon. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. I actually just pulled my Book of Mormon over there in our podcast studio. Yes. And uh, just to double check it, and it is in Second Nephi. Second Nephi, okay. Yep. So I, I want to say Second Nephi. Nephi. Just because it sounds, no, Second Nephi, I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. And it does actually say that. Man. And uh, actually in that book of Mormon that some Mormon gave to me once upon a time, it has a little bookmark, kind of like a cheater bookmark where, oh, yeah. where you can find things. Okay. And that's one of that's them, one of them, one on of there, them huh? that they list because they want to make sure you know you're saved by grace after. through faith after all, <laughs> all you, you can, can do. do. So that is not the right answer. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ. All of those we could say alone because it's all of what Christ does. Yeah. And I think the White Horse Inn has been using this one for a good old long time. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've seen it before, and it's yep. a it's an effective one. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Okay, we're doing number nine. Number nine. We're almost there. I, Coming I, to- I want number nine up there. <laughs> I want number nine up there. I wish I knew what episode that was from. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we did that on an episode. We did, I thought, did we? I thought we did. Maybe. Hmm. I was in, I, I don't want to say the state because I don't want people to be offended. I was somewhere where they speak a bit more, oh, let's say wholesomely or more welcoming yeah. uh, than, than we do here in Nebraska. <laughs> so we were at a Taco Bell and my, my boys were with me or some of my kids and we were just standing there and all, when the guy wanted to, I want a number nine up there. <laughs> my, my kids are looking at me like, where in the world have you taken us, Dad? Oh, and it was good. just a Taco Bell. They wanted a number nine. That's good. So we are on um, we number, are on number, number nine. nine. All right. Number nine is, true or false, I am saved because of my decision to accept Christ. Well, can, could, we, could we say, can we nuance this one a little bit? I, they, the White Horse Inn says false. I said false. Mm-hmm. And I still, I'll stick by my answer. Uh, yes, I'd say false as well. Is it true that you do need to believe in Jesus? Yes, it is true that you, you need to believe in Jesus. Yes. yes. And, and, and so let's make sure we understand that you make a decision, right? Right. To, to, yes. But what the white horse sin is countering is what we might call decisionism. Right. Yeah. Um, decisional regeneration. Uh, that's, that's, they're, they're countering that. So yeah. God initiates, God works first. We're dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians one, two, or Ephesians two verses one to three. And then it's but God. Right. And but God makes us alive together right, yes. with him. And then faith comes as a result of the work of the spirit. So 
I think it has to be false. Yes, we don't. It, yeah. We don't want to say I am saved because of my decision to accept Christ. Right. Because apart from the work of God, you would never make that decision. Never in a million years. Never. You right? wouldn't. Right. Yep. But what we don't want to do is be promoting hyper Calvinism, uh, which would say somehow that sinners don't ever believe, and right. we shouldn't tell people to believe. Sure. Yeah. Because. The Apostle Paul preaches actually in the book of Acts. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Yes. Yep. So, But that's a little bit different than decisionism yeah. or yeah, decisional yeah, yeah. regeneration, which is what the quiz is about. Right. We're at the end. We uh, Do we have it? Should we keep going? Should we, we should get ahead of that other podcast that's in Massachusetts <laughs> because, let's face it, they do a great job, and we're thankful for what they do. But so maybe we could outmaneuver them. We could by adding an extra one, so that we're the Epigenosis podcast. We could and be the Epigenosis, not. yeah. But we shouldn't do that to Tuesday Guy and Mike Abendroth, right? No, uh, because we love them. So right. let's do number ten. Number ten. Because we have it on good authority from our PI, our Pactum investigator, that they only did 10. And so we're going to do 10. Okay. So let's go ahead. Number 10, God is so sovereign, Mike. Actually, Mm -hmm. the quiz doesn't say that. It doesn't say Mike. No, it doesn't. No, no, no. God God (laughs) is so sovereign. I feel like we need to have a moment here and go, "Mm." Mm hmm. No. God is so sovereign. sovereign, he? He can change his mind. Ooh. Is he so sovereign that he can change his mind? That is false. Oh, nice! You didn't even have to. You didn't even have to phone a friend. <laughs> I didn't. No, he can't change. How do you know that? God is immutable. Malachi chapter three. We even Malachi, about, right? Right. Yes. And so, now Psalm thirty-three verse eleven: The counsel of the Lord stands forever; the plans of His heart to all generations. Right. So we have yeah. a God who doesn't change. Uh, he's so sovereign that He doesn't change His mind. Right. And if He did change His mind, if He did change His mind, it's hard to say, and I'm glad it is because it's yeah. not good. If He did change His mind, that would mean He improved. Yeah. Or got worse. Right, right, right. right. He made a bad decision. And now we have a God who changes, which is not the God that we trust in as Christians. Yes. So that would be a big false. This has been kind of fun. Yeah, it has. Mike, let's close this episode out by saying thank you to those who are listening. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your life. We're grateful. You can learn more about the Pactum on Instagram at the Pactum Theology. You can learn more about us on Twitter at the Pactum. At the at the at pactum, the pactum yep. great. Or you can reach out to us on our website, which is thepactum.org. Yes, right. And yes, and we're getting ready to have some pactum responsum episode or oh, episode eyes or however episodes, and you can be sending us your questions for those. Uh, you can send us any question you like. We probably will not answer your email, but use that for a pactum responsum episode. The email you can send that to is connect at thepactum.org. That's the best way to make sure that your question is a part of a responsum episode coming up. There you go. And no joking aside, you should check out No Compromise Radio (laughs) and listen to their episode because I'm sure they've done a far superior job because that's what they do in Massachusetts. (laughs) Oh, thanks for joining us here today. We'll see you next time on The Pactum. The Pactum.